welcome to Lioness Podcast with me, your host, Jane Lyon. Today I have a very special episode for you, as always, but today I have a guest host, which is always special. I feel so lucky that I'm finally in flow enough with this show that I can invite people onto it and learn about more people's stories and the wisdom that all of my amazing friends have to share. So today, my dear friend and sister, Miss Malika Dahl is joining us. Hello, Malika. Hello, everyone, and hello, Jane. Thank you so much for having me. Very, very excited to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy that you're here. Um, You know, I just think that with us, like when we get together, the conversation just, we can't even help it. It just flows so easily, you know, and it's never surface level. Like we always, I I, I think that we're actually like so much more similar than maybe like comes off like from just like the way we present ourselves or who we think we are. But um, I'm thinking back to when we first met and maybe we can tell a little bit more about that because we did an Instagram live and we we kind of skimmed over the details, but we met in um, Koh Samui at Vikasa Academy on our first day of yoga teacher training. Yes. Yes. And um, I remember it was like that awkward, like there's like 35 new people to meet and we're all kind of standing around drinking tea, like trying to start making connections, you know? And as soon as I started talking to you, I was like, we, 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 we was like in two minutes, we were talking about like indigenous people's rights and like taking care of the earth and like conserving the ocean. And I was just like, yes, this girl is like my jam. Um, and we just like clicked. And I think that we just, I mean, I'm like a majority of German blood. So maybe that's part of it. <laughs> Sure, because all Germans get along. That's what we do. That's what we're known for, Jay. All Germans are the same. (laughs) All Aries people are the same. All environmental activists are the same. (laughs) That's why we're such good friends. Of course. Um, Exactly. It's just like those little things that kind of connect you to someone that make you think like, oh, they're like my person. They're like my people. Like, they get me. Like, I we just, we can just talk and it's like, we just have this like understanding. And, um, and so it was, it was just so fun to, you know, and then eventually we spend like 30 days together, like 12 hours a day, like in the same space. And the friendships that grow in that kind of situation are like so strong. And you know what was actually my like favorite part is that your little room was just above mine at Vikasa. Mm-hmm. So we had these we had these small little huts um at the at the shore. Actually, it was it was a gorgeous place. If you like, I can explain it with words, but go ahead and check it out online as well. Vikasa on Koh Samui. There's this area you. It's kind of like um. It's at the coast directly and all these huts that people stay in are built on rocks. And so my shala was, or like my little room was directly down at the bottom and then Jane's was just above. And what I always loved was that when I was walking up towards the shala in the morning where we did yoga, I always saw you on your little, on your little, um, what's it called? The outside the area. 
Medio, that's the word. And you were just always sitting there, either with your cup of tea or you were meditating or doing something. And it was just, it was just so wholesome to see you in the morning. And I remember there was one day where you weren't doing that. I was like, oh my God, she's going to be late. She slept in. I don't know what to do. What am I going to do? <laughs> It was just because I was so used to seeing you oh on no the patio every morning. Yeah, that is so. I really funny. loved it. It was always a really nice way to get up. Oh, I didn't even know you made that observation, mm. and that's so funny because, um, yeah, when I got to the casa, it's like I knew that we were like in a kick-ass yoga practice by 7 a.m. every day, and that we weren't free until like after dinner. But I put, and this is just classic Jane, I put this expectation on myself that before practice every day, I would get up and do my own Buddhist practices and my own prayers and meditate and journal. And after a while, that got really hard. Like mm -hmm. after a while, like you just needed more sleep and you just yeah. like needed more rest. And I, I couldn't keep on getting up so early. And yeah. that must have been what, there was like a few mornings where I was like, yeah. I can't. <laughs> laying in bed until the last minute like can I really do this and that was one of those amazing experiences of like the amount of times I thought like can I really do this like can I really go do another two and a half hour practice with Costa right now okay. and then it's like yep you're gonna you're gonna get your ass up you're gonna walk up all those stairs you're gonna go into the yeah. shala you're gonna you know you're gonna sit yeah. down and oh my gosh the amount of like mental and emotional and physical breakthroughs I had mm -hmm. from that experience like yeah. showed me how strong I am mm -hmm. yeah for sure the the reason why I was always up so early and like saw you practicing your Buddhist practices was because I went to one of those ocean huts where you could sit and meditate or practice yoga that looked over the ocean in oh, the morning the and I would just shallows. exactly and so yeah. I was just I was just meditating there in the morning to kind of get myself into the space but yeah I, I didn't I couldn't hold that up every morning either because it was very intense you know and I uh even though I love my mornings like being up there at seven Jesus Christ yeah that was quite hard that was quite mm -hmm. hard and I think yeah. something about like being surrounded by everyone all the time mm. it was almost like oh my gosh can I just like get one hour of like quiet time yeah. by myself that I'm not sleeping or showering or like changing yes. clothes because okay. I got so sweaty and I need to change before lecture. <laughs> no, but this is exactly it. I think that was why I was craving those mornings as mm -hmm. well, because it was just, I, I love being surrounded by people. I'm a very outgoing person, easy to talk to, but I'm actually super intimidated by big groups. Mm -hmm. I get so, so intimidated. So for me being surrounded by more than five people that i don't know at once is freaking me out and the funny thing is people never realize because i start to get louder and apparently funnier and more outgoing <laughs> when i'm really nervous but inside i'm just like screaming constantly and not knowing what the fuck i'm doing sorry for the swearing we try to swear less i know that one um Oh, but so so these like times of just calming down and being on my own is so important for me yeah. because that really brings me back down to earth. But oh god, I mean like everyone was so lovely in this group. Everyone was amazing and I actually don't think I've I felt that intimidated by this group, which was a very mm -hmm. interesting feeling for me because I just felt really held in like mm -hmm. meeting you the first day, Lauren and Arista, you know, all of you are so lovely and like took me in straight away. So I think 
I was really doing so well in that surrounding, but nevertheless, I really needed those like, or those five minutes before, or I don't know, in the lunchtime, going for a quick swim or something, you know, mm. I think that oh my was gosh. really, really important. Time swims. Yep. That's where it's at. Oh, oh my God. I miss it. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> same, same. <laughs> I will be back there ASAP. Um, oh, yeah, I hope yeah, I can. Yeah, let's, let's bring this up into the present because I just want to uh, reflect a little bit. Like, you joined Devotion, and we had our first call yesterday, and yes. the group, like, it just felt like magic. It just felt like this, like, golden ambrosia was brewing between all of us, and we were just, oh, my God, I was, I was blown away by how effortless the first class was and how easy it was for everyone to communicate with each other. And mm-hmm. I just love to hear how the first day went for you. Yeah, no, definitely exactly the same feeling I had when we were at the, in the call, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was super easy and a super comfortable environment. Like I felt very held mm-hmm. and I specifically like the consent form that you introduced as well. I think that was really beautiful because mm. we're going to spend so many, many weeks together now. And even if we own, only, in quotation marks, have one day where we actually get to see each other and talk with each other um, in real life, we also have that, that group on Telegram where we communicate every day or mm-hmm. every day. So we just will will be spending a lot of time together um offline or online and i think um i think it's really important to have these kind of consent forms because we will as you mentioned yourself yesterday as well there will be topics where we won't all agree on you know there will mm-hmm. be topics we will have very intense conversations and discussions and um so i think having this this agreement of how we treat each other really helps to still have a safe surrounding even mm-hmm. if there is going to be different different thoughts and different discussion points that might clash you know yes so yes. yeah so i just felt really held and i really enjoyed diving into this and mm-hmm. uh, starting this up and i'm very excited for what's coming next for sure yes oh my gosh i love that you say you feel really held because that's like exactly it, what I want. I mean, I'm obviously teaching a course that I feel very passionately about, but it's not, it's so much more about like being held in the space and feeling like for 12 months as we learn all of this and study all of this together, just like at Vacasa, it's like we're all holding each other and supporting each other. And I think, and I'm so here for the uncomfortable conversations. Like I'm mm-hmm. so here to allow space for people to disagree because. Mm-hmm. I think that more Western yoga teachers need to be putting themselves in those situations. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, what was the last? Oh, and the other thing that I'm, I love is that I felt so many teachers in the room, you know, stepping in and, and saying like, oh, here's how you, here's how I can help you with that. Mm-hmm. Like, here's how I can support you with that. And it's, and now I almost feel like, is everyone going to create a little offering for us all to receive? Cause that would be so cool. That would be so cool. Um, so yeah, I'm just excited um, that you're in there with us. And I think I just want to share with my podcast audience a little bit about what it felt like on the inside. Um, 
So my first specific question for you might not be what you're expecting, but most of my listeners are Americans. So I, um, they probably don't know you're from Germany. Well, I think I mentioned that because I'm so German. (laughs) (laughs) But you're from Berlin. And to me, like when we think of Berlin, it is like, the hippest, coolest, most urban, artsy, like woke, like to me, like it's so cool that you grew up in Berlin. And so I would be curious, like, as I just described to you, like the hip perspective that we have of, of mm-hmm. that city, what was it like for you, like for Malika to grow up in Berlin? Oh, that's a really interesting question, I think, because... <laughs> I, I think I have a kind of hate-love relationship with Berlin um, for years now. There's a lot of different layers. So let me take you first back to like really, really young Malika. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a really lovely time growing up in Berlin because my grandparents live in an area which is actually an island in Berlin, which a lot of people don't know that we have that. It's basically just one street, but that is built on an island and it's only connected by two bridges to the rest of Berlin. So a lot of people don't actually know because these bridges are fairly small and they don't realize that they're walking on an island. Um, But it is a super cute little area. We call it also small Venice because you have a lot of people that have little like houses um, just next to the water and have little boats there. And we have, recently we also now have water buffaloes there, very random in Berlin. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They weren't there when I was younger. But so you can kind of imagine what nice area there is. Like there's a a really nice forest there and really nice um, fields where you can go for walks. And so my grandparents lived there, but I also actually lived there with my dad Mm. when I was younger. And I still remember like I, I befriended this girl on the street and I remember us walking along the water, finding little ways of how we could sneak at the back of houses, at the back of gardens, to walk all the way along the island, along the street, and trying to, like, climb around fences and these kind of things. It was always a really cool adventure, right? So this was kind of like my childhood in the street where my grandparents lived. I lived with my mom. I lived um, in a different area with my step dad and her and there was also a really nice flat in a very nice family area and then when I was a bit older my dad actually moved to Kreuzberg which is kind of like the hip area a lot of people know from from Berlin and when I was 15 I moved away I moved to New Zealand for a year oh you were only 15 yeah the first time yeah I lived twice in New Zealand so the first time I was 15 um so I was I was really young still, but I start, suddenly went to this like this really um, small town with a lot of greenery and a lot of quietness, a um, little creek that I followed to go to school, you know. So it was a super massive break to what I knew in Berlin. And when I came back, I felt so out of place. Mm. I really didn't want to go back to the city I wanted Mm -hmm. to see my friends again but like I begged my parents can I finish high school in New Zealand but it just wasn't possible money-wise which is yeah understandable it was super expensive but I don't know like for me Berlin started to shift a lot I think with when I grew up to become more of a woman and I think this has a lot to do with my insecurities around my body during that time and when my dad Mm. moved to Kreuzberg there I noticed like a lot of 
older guys staring at my breasts, looking at my body, whistling after me. I live really close to a park where there was a lot of drugs sold. So like a lot of these guys selling drugs were like, oh, sexy lady, you want to buy something? And like walking up to you. And that just made me like so uncomfortable in my body and in my home. So I think that actually played a lot of like a big part of how Berlin started to shift. Nowadays, I love Berlin in summer for hanging out at the canals with food mm. and beer and friends. It's a really nice vibe. I love how much music we have there. I love how much art we have there. Um, I make fun a lot about people who come there like, oh, I'm so cool. I live in Berlin now and I can like, I can do my own thing and I can be so free and like I can blend in the crowd. I'm so individual, but I'm also really, I belong there, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> you just look like every second person in Berlin nowadays, like you're not individual anymore. So I just, there's a lot of layers to this, I think. I am, oh, wow. but I also, I also think Berlin is just too big of a city for me nowadays. Like mm -hmm. I love it to go home and visit people. I love my mm -hmm. friends I have have there i have amazing people in berlin still um but just going back like last time i was back in berlin i literally i was there for like my, my second day in berlin and i got in a fight with a person on the street like not not fist fight but like verbal <laughs> fight because he yeah. he pissed me off so much and i was just like I got so aggressive and one of my friends was standing next to me and he was just like pulling me away from this guy. He was like, come on, let's go. I looked at him and I was like, I've never seen you like this. What is happening? I was like, this is what Berlin does to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so oh I guess, I guess my, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it is a hate love relationship. Uh, there's a lot of things I love. And I really, I love showing my boyfriend Berlin. I took him mm. um, just a, like last month and we were there for a few days. And I love to show him where I grew up and all these areas I really enjoyed. Um, but I also could feel that my stress levels were getting higher and higher mm -hmm. the longer we stayed there. So I'm quite happy that I don't live there anymore. Let's say that to conclude. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And that's, that's what I can see is that like, I, I, I feel like, like you totally strike me as like a cool Berlin person who like, isn't meant to live in a big city. <laughs> like you can appreciate it, mm. but you're so like, you need to be much closer to the earth than what mm. like a cityscape like that would allow for you. Yeah. And so I figured it might be a little bit of love hate because there is such a richness mm -hmm. in culture and fun and like things to do you know mm -hmm. i think of people like going out dancing and going to see incredible art and like i just think of like this youthful vibrant atmosphere mm -hmm. but yeah i can imagine mm -hmm. um, so and so now you are in copenhagen yes studying and what are you studying Tell us i about. study a master's in climate change mm. so we're just kind of trying to i did my bachelor's in marine biology and I really don't like this heart um, natural science part of it. I love mm -hmm. learning about the ocean, but like I'm just not a person for the laboratory or mm -hmm. statistics and these kind of things. So the climate change one offered you to go more to social sciences if you wanted to or mix it up, bring like a, a mix of both like natural sciences and social sciences together. And so I'm trying to find my way right now. Like, how can I avoid statistics? <laughs> how can I still study something that I enjoy? Um, and figure out where exactly I want to go with this. Um, but then I also 
um, yeah, do the, the whole yoga thing um, on the side uh, as my student job right now, but I'm also considering to maybe after studying, if I don't find something that I really enjoy straight away, just to dive into this whole yoga realm a bit deeper mm -hmm. and see where that leads me and then see if I can somehow combine um, these different these different things I'm into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel that so much. Um, and the what I loved about the degree I got, I got a Bachelor of Arts in Environmental Studies. So I mm. had to take an, an amount of, you know, hard science classes that I loved. And then a ton of like social sciences, anthropology, all of that. And I came out, I, I, college was hard. My, my friend who was in the same degree as me, he was like, we got a degree in depression. We got a degree in like, just like, he was like, the amount of times we leave lectures, just like, are you okay? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think I'm okay. Are you okay? Like, yeah, that was hard. Like, <laughs> no, we yeah. didn't study about it all night, you know? Yeah. And I think all, it's so interesting because all my four years of college, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to find like what I'm here to save. Like I thought I was going to save a river. I was going to save a type of fish or like it would be mm -hmm. this specific thing in nature that I like dedicate my life to. Mm -hmm. And I graduated college like, whoa. I'm not happy. People aren't happy. We don't take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. We don't know how to take care of ourselves. We don't respect ourselves. We don't respect each other. How can we take care of this planet mm -hmm. when we're so unwell within? Yeah. Yeah. And I that's, you know, that was around when kind of my journey, my spiritual journey was really like catalyzed was when I was finishing college and I was mm -hmm. realizing like what am I like how can I help anyone when I'm yeah. so unhappy oh. and yoga meditation buddhism all of these things came into play and there are definitely days where i'm like i should be working for the government i should be saving the lakes i should be doing this mm -hmm. and then i'm like if i can help people take better care of themselves no. maybe that can open them up to connecting yeah. with the earth again and and maybe that's where i make the change that is 100 percent how I'm struggle what I'm struggling with right now as well. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm doing at the moment is trying to find my way and how can I connect that on my Instagram page, for example, to like get people more thinking about what mean what does it mean to do yoga, for example, also outdoors? How does that actually mm -hmm. benefit us? You know, like mm -hmm. trying to foster this connection with between us and nature again. And mm -hmm. because that's what I realized, like a lot of my own yoga practice is to ground myself, to respect earth more, to ground myself in my natural environment, to allow myself to leave space for, for noticing the little things. You know, I started going for more walks again and just stopping in the middle of the path and just closing the eyes and listening to what nature sounds I can hear mm. and then listening to what human noises can I hear and how do they blend in with each other you know and all these kind of things and then I started realizing but that's not what I'm telling people yet this is what it means mm -hmm. to me and this is what I would love other people to experience but I need to find a way how to communicate that with people and then hopefully as you said that will open people up to care more about their surrounding again because they notice that that actually benefits them a lot to just be immersed in nature and take care of it and yeah. Uh, yes. Oh my gosh. It's funny because when I started this podcast, I was like, obviously, 
I, I think that I, I honestly, I think I narrowed it too much because my keywords are just like spirituality and Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Really like, I've probably said the word climate change like 50 times in the six episodes I have. <laughs> and also like, I have this whole queer life to celebrate and I'm like, okay, can we expand this up into actually all of the aspects of yeah. what I'm here to share? Because I think spirituality can just be like an umbrella for all of that in my perspective, but mm-hmm. oh my gosh, connecting with the earth is really the only medicine that we need. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. Speaking of earth medicine, <laughs> so you are, that's something that I realized about you when we were spending our time together. It was like, wow, this woman has like really connected with a lot of like, what do I call them? Like plant essences, plant medicines. Um, like you told me about things that I've never heard of before. <laughs> and I'm, it's just like, wow, she has so much wisdom and knowledge in this realm. And that's kind of, those are kind of the things that I really wanted you to share with the audience today. And so mm-hmm. I know that you're a really big um, cacao fan and that you yes. love doing ceremonies. And I was wondering if you could tell us like, where does this originate? Like, what is yes. it? What's it used for? And, and how did it influence your life? Yes. Yeah, I would love to talk about cacao. I love speaking about cacao. Um, <laughs> you need to, you need to uh, stop me at some point if I get too much off <laughs> <Okay>. the rail. <laughs> Um, so cacao is originally from South America. Um, it is used a lot in Peru right now, but it actually originates in Guatemala. That's where you have the oldest seeds as we know, um, right now. And so, okay, I'm going to go first the history route a little bit and tell you a little bit about that and then why we use it still today or why in general we are using it and how it was used. So it was used by by indigenous people in South America. Um, And during the colonization, Westerners uh, saw them drink this this cacao drink. And there's actually, I, I can't, I don't know the quote off my heart, but it was, it was someone famous from Britain that was part of the colonization who said um, this this drink makes you walk for hours without going hungry and you have amazing energy so that was kind of how they described this drink and they brought cacao back home so they brought cacao the cacao beans back home and they actually used to be something like cacao houses in the West where the big thinkers would come together and drink cacao and would, yeah, discuss their ideas because cacao has a lot of benefits, which I'll get to in a moment. Um, but then cacao on its, on its own is very bitter. So they started mixing sugar in. They started changing it with different tastes and that's how now we have our chocolate that we can buy in the store, right? So this is kind of this evolution from the tribes and indigenous people in South America bringing the chocolate during colonization over to the West and making it into the chocolate that we buy today. So 
the interesting part about chocolate from a scientific perspective is that it actually has a lot of benefits for our body. Um, it has theobromine in it. That is the that a lot of people probably heard about this because this is what dogs can't eat, which can actually mm. kill them when they eat chocolate. Um, this is a chemical compound which in us um, creates happiness, the kind of like the feeling of happiness and makes you feel good. And this is also why people say when you're sad, eat chocolate. Mm -hmm. um, then there is anandamide in it, which is a a chemical product that actually gets produced in our body um, naturally when we work out this is kind of like this bliss feeling you know when you have like a really good workout session and then you just feel so elated and so amazing and that's what anandamide does so chocolate has that naturally um, chocolate does the, the exact opposite to what um, coffee does in our system so coffee mm -hmm. actually narrows our vein, veins and our our um, blood vessels and chocolate opens them up so we have better blood flow which means that we have better oxygenation of the whole body and mm -hmm. also the brain which means our concentration is triggered and we are much like it's, it's much easier to concentrate when you drink cacao um and then the last point what i what i wanted to say which i just forget there for a moment let me think <laughs> oh yeah caffeine it has much less caffeine so 90 percent less caffeine than in coffee um so people that can't deal with caffeine but still want kind of like a pusher like in the morning to get up mm -hmm. and these kind of things can drink cacao because as i said the oxygenation kind of kicks in your system it kind of wakes you up in a way as well so this is all the scientific level now let's go to the spirituality so <laughs> why were indigenous people using cacao what is that all about so they were actually using it as a ceremonial drink to connect to their spirits, to their gods. The way that it works is they use the cacao and the cacao beans and butter. They mix it, they leave it raw, which is also why we speak of raw cacao, meaning that we don't toast it as much as the chocolate that we're toasting in the West. So there's like these cacao beans normally for the chocolate that we buy in stores is roasted a lot to intensify the, the taste, mm -hmm. um, to make it sweeter as well. Whereas the raw cacao keeps is very, very, um, very plain in, in the way of they're not doing a lot of things to it. They're keeping it very natural. Um, another thing is that the cacao butter stays in the product. In the chocolate that we get in the stores, actually cacao butter gets taken away. Cacao butter is used in the West for Cosmetica. So mm. we are using it for very different things. Um, and then we are adding milk, milk powder, whatever, to, to get the creaminess in there. The raw cacao stays pure. Mm -hmm. And then they ha there's different aspects to the ceremony. They have fire. Normally there's always fire somehow. Um, a bonfire they they prepare the drink the cacao drink offer some to the spirits by pouring it into the fire and then drink the rest um, so you also have this kind of elemental um, part of it right so you're sitting on the ground connection to the earth you have the fire element you have the air the smoke that comes right so you have mm -hmm. all these different elements and then quite often also a connection to how you drink it from what type of cup can be um, a connection to the earth as well mm -hmm. um, and 
the way because of all of these benefits that i mentioned with a scientific on the scientific level cacao is a very spiritual drink it's it's seen as a medicine it can really help you to go deep into your emotions it is mentioned quite often as a heart heart opener because mm -hmm. the way that your blood surges differently the the connection to your brain the oxygenation makes you be makes you go much deeper into meditations mm -hmm. so you're able to really connect to your emotions this theobromine anandamide opens up your heart space here to like really sink into deep emotions so this is a really beautiful beautiful plant medicine because it doesn't make you hallucinate um so it, it's for people who are scared of that kind of stuff it's it's beautiful because you can have a really beautiful spiritual experience without hallucination so one of my most amazing experiences with cacao um actually there's two the first one that i ever had the first time i ever had cacao i was actually absolutely high on cacao because i had far too much i didn't know anything about cacao <laughs> uh, i didn't really i wasn't in a guided space i tried mm -hmm. it with some friends actually also in in thailand and I was so high, like I felt like I had just smoked a massive joint, but without the tiredness, I was wide awake. Mm -hmm. I was, I had to be on my scooter, like driving home at night for like an hour. And I was just grinning the whole way through and started laughing randomly. And, but just was so awake. And I was just yeah. like, whoa, what is happening? And even though the ceremony itself wasn't really guided that well, I was like, I need to know what happened there this evening. Mm -hmm. You know, I need to know why I felt this way. And that's why I decided to dive in and do a course on, on cacao and um, learn more about it and learn how to hold space for people in these ceremonies. The second amazing, most amazing um, experience is... <gasps> this is so hard. I have a couple more in my mind. I, want to, I don't <laughs> want to tell everything because it's going to take so long. So I'll, I'll choose one of them. Um, we were... On our last day of the training, we decided to go on a trip with the scooters into a forest, have our ceremony there with a bonfire, drinking the cacao, and then going on a walk to waterfalls, and then bathe in the waterfalls, and then go back, because it's really beautiful to drink oh the cacao God. in a natural environment, right? Mm -hmm. And there was this one point at some point where, so we were all kind of walking and not really speaking much, and this one tree just looked so beautiful, so I just put my head against it and just breath, like breathed in the air and closed down my eyes. And in that moment, like this tree just showed me the beauty of, of all trees on this planet, but also the pain mm. and the sadness of, I like, I saw forest fires. I saw trees being cut down. Mm. I, I felt pain through my body from mm. these trees. But then I also saw leaves playing in the wind i saw like birds nesting on the tree you know like all these beautiful mm. aspects of nature and it was it was only a split second and i'm saying like cacao doesn't make you hallucinate but you're open with emotions so i was mm -hmm. open to channel these things through me and yeah. it is so like it's so crazy because yeah that i've never felt anything like this before without being in a meditative state sitting down mm -hmm. and playing with imagination you know but this mm -hmm. just came through me and that was so powerful and that's what i love about cacao because when you're open to it it really allows you to explore places you've never been but if you don't want to go down a path 
you can you're allowed to shut that door and turn away you know it's not like mm. when you have a hallucinogenic I, I can never pronounce this word hallucinogenic yes. uh, substance that you take if you take it you're on that road like you just mm -hmm. you have you, you go down i've actually never <laughs> taken anything like this because i'm really scared of that so that's really? also why i started working with cacao first because wow. i was like i need to ease myself into this i've never mm -hmm. done anything like this before i'm really scared of losing control i don't know if i'm ready for this and this is why cacao is so beautiful because mm -hmm. if you really don't feel ready you can always say i'll step away which i think actually is not really gonna happen because i feel like these plants have some higher consciousness of knowing mm -hmm. what you can handle and i also yes. think that your subconscious knows what you can handle and allows you to see glimpses of yeah we're ready to release this we're ready to open this door you know okay. you're you're ready to deal with this now you've you've put this away for long enough come on come on take it you know whereas other things that might be like you know, we'll wait another couple of years for this to surface. Mm -hmm. You're not quite there yet, you know? So I think, I but I, I do think that, especially for people such as myself that, that struggle with losing control, this is, is a beautiful way of starting to kind of learn a little bit more about plant medicine and how to, how to dive into that realm. Wow. So if somebody listening wanted to try cacao do you think that they should go look for a ceremony i would encourage that yeah um, i think it's especially when you don't really know what to do mm -hmm. like when you've never done something like this i think there's i mean if you have been meditating for years already and you've sit, sat in other ceremonies and you are able to hold your own space and guide mm -hmm. yourself through something like that if you feel called to try it out yourself, you can. Mm -hmm. But I would recommend, especially the first time around, to do it in a in a setting with other people. Because even though I said all of these benefits, there's also certain things where you need to be a bit careful with, with cacao. Because, for mm -hmm. example, if you have issue, issues with blood pressure, mm -hmm. your veins opening up more, you might want to take that into account. Um, if you're pregnant you might not want to take cacao or want to drink less. And these kind of mm -hmm. things would be too much now to go into detail in. So mm -hmm. that's why I think, especially when you do it for the first time, I would definitely recommend to go to a ceremony with someone who's done it multiple times who can actually tell you something. But I would also be careful because I know that it's kind of been trendy nowadays to start doing cacao ceremonies. And I just... I would just look into has that person done multiple before have they had any training have, or have they experienced these ceremonies with someone who actually knows what they're doing just look a little bit into it because um, you want to find someone who, who knows a bit about cacao and you want to find someone who can hold your space safely even though it's not going to be like as I said like ayahuasca or magic mushrooms or something like that where you really need someone to be at your side to yeah. guide you through this is it's going to be a much easier in that sense nicer experience where it's safer normally mm -hmm. for sure um, so you don't necessarily need someone who has had five years of experience you know but mm -hmm. it's nice know that you are held in a room and space with someone who knows what they're doing mm -hmm. and I think also this whole aspect of going through this with people together in a intimate setting I think that's mm -hmm. really beautiful um, and 
yeah, yeah, I, I would definitely recommend to go to a ceremony if you have something close. I would definitely recommend that for a start. And then if you feel called afterwards to do ceremonies at home as well, you know, and also there's a lot of online ceremonies and it's actually surprising how well they work. I've done a lot of them and I'm actually going to start doing them again and offering them again soon um, mm. because I really love sharing that space online with people. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I was so surprised at how well that works. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That sounds amazing. It's like I feel my heart opening up just like hearing you talk about it. And I have not had a ton of experience with cacao at the um, I used to teach meditation at an apothecary in town. And afterwards, mm -hmm. there was this big sound bath happening and all these people were coming in. And and I was like, he was like, do you want to stay for our sound bath? And I was like, sure, I'm down. And and I stayed and like the room was packed with people like I was like oh my gosh how are there so many like I was a little bit overwhelmed by how many people were in the room and then this girl just started passing out mason jars of cacao and I was like okay like I guess I'm doing this too and it looked like a, there was a lot in there and I just mm -hmm. like and it was just kind of like everyone it was that it was one of those things where I'm like everyone here just knows what they're doing and I'm just kind of here <laughs> And I drank it and like, and I, and then I just enjoyed the sound bath mm -hmm. and I, I definitely, it was almost like a stimulation mm -hmm. in my heart of just like breathing and just feeling that opening. And it was really beautiful. But hearing you talk about it, I'm like, oh, that was not like really the intimate ceremony that I think that sounds so beautiful. Like I want to be around a fire and be outside and okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I hope everyone feels inspired by that. That's beautiful. <laughs> So yeah, after, think, yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, no, I just wanted to say, like, I think even, like, doing them outdoors is obviously amazing if you don't have the space to do that. Like, mm -hmm. not everyone can offer them on, like, outdoors. Also having a beautiful setting in a yoga studio, mm -hmm. having candles instead of a bonfire, mm -hmm. um, you know, having dimmed lights, all of these things um, can can make it a really beautiful experience. And... And this is also why I love the online ceremonies because people were able to do this ceremony in their own home, which mm -hmm. is obviously a place that you would hope feels safe and beautiful. Yeah. And when you haven't done it before, you know, Aww. and um, so I really loved, I loved doing that um, because of that and, uh, but still feeling so connected to the other people around. So that was really nice. No. I love that. You look like you're sitting in front of a fire right now, are you? <laughs> it's uh, no, it's just I wish I wish it was. Actually, I do have a candle. I could turn that one like I could light that one on. Um, but I have a I have these um It's just a light. Like it's a oh it's right in here. It's like it's a jar full of uh fairy lights. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. You're just it's so funny. I'm in this like bright daytime and you're just like I this dark figure with this That's candle been, lit been raining all day it's been very glim glim oh, grim nice glim now jade it's new nice. english word. i like that word <laughs> oh that's so nice oh. so there's some other things that i know you've experimented with or experienced that i've literally never even heard of and yeah. so um i think back on when we were swimming and someone asked you like what this like it was it on your leg that you have like dots in a spiral yeah and someone was like what is that and then i noticed it and i was like i've seen that on people why have i never asked like, what that <laughs> weird thing is you know mm. so can you tell us what that is <laughs> <laughs> yes 
it always sounds very weird and when I like tell it to people I'm always like why did I do this again <laughs> it was not saying it was bad it was amazing experience but when you explain it it sounds like you're a masochist mm -hmm. so that was cambo which is a frog poison um we call it poison in the westernized society in south america yet again another thing coming from south america they call it medicine mm -hmm. it is a secrete from a frog um that they scrape off so the frog doesn't get killed which i very much like um and then they let it dry um and then they use it in ceremonies and the way that the ceremony works is that you burn off the first layer of your skin and a very like a small dot basically that's what you then saw which was the scars from that and then they they um mix their spit with the with the frog poison and then they place it on these on these burns and then your body absorbs the 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 medicine poison whatever you want to call it the medicine and you go through normally the ceremony is 20 minutes long and you go through a process of detoxifying your body basically what happens is that your heart starts like going much faster you 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 start sweating you start feeling heat surging through your body so your body has a proper like reaction to a poison in your body but why they do it has is again multiple layers so a lot of people um go through emotional release because um we store a lot of emotions in parts of our body with tension so when like when there's a lot of stress we start tensing up our shoulders tensing up our stomach our jaw and all this tension stays in our muscles right we mm -hmm. like and that's this is what you feel when you go to a massage and they're like starting to to kind of try to get these knots out of your shoulder like under your shoulder blades away or whatever mm -hmm. that's all of this tension right so a lot of people during cambo sessions start having emotional experiences yet again not no hallucinations it is purely this awareness of your body feeling tension trying to breathe into it and releasing it that starts getting some emotions out of your system a lot of people start puking and really like getting rid of a lot of stuff in their body like in this one ceremony i could not believe how much this one guy was puking next to me like he started literally one minute into the ceremony and didn't stop until the end of the 20 minutes and i just was like what is going on like it was crazy it was it was intense like his body had a full-on release reaction um a lot of people like have a lot of bowel movement afterwards and start like to yeah doesn't sound nice but shit out a lot of stuff and it really like it, it literally just releases everything that is stored mm -hmm. in your body right wow so let me take you through the ceremony um so normally the way you do it is you have three ceremonies in a cycle of two weeks apart you don't want to keep them further than two weeks apart you set an intention at the ceremonies actually i didn't even do this during the cacao ceremony explanation but same there you set an intention for your ceremony you have a reason why you want to try this out your attention can literally just be i just i'm curious i want to try this out i want to be open today today to receive whatever comes my way basically mm -hmm. right but some people come in with very specific 
um, tasks or, or intentions. My intention for my ceremony was I want to learn how to set my boundaries more clearly. I want to learn how mm. to enforce my boundaries, communicate them properly, and then stick with them once I've set them and not budge mm. if they're really important for me. So that was kind of like my intentions for this. And then the beauty about these ceremonies is that quite often you have music with it. Same with cacao, you have music. Same with ayahuasca, you've got music. And this music guides you through the ceremony. So you have this, this combo, this, this frog medicine put onto your body and then the curandero or curandera, the, the person leading this, the kind of shaman, as you will, as we call it um, quite often in the West, is is um, leading you with singing through the ceremony and all this music and this is the intense part like you can feel the music and the the frog medicine working in your body and reacting to the music so we had this one room in this like the space where we did the ceremony and then we went like i i had to go to the toilet at one point and i went out of the room and i could feel that the 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 medicine shifted in my body because I was further away from the music. And when I got oh. back to the room, I started like it started surging in my body again. Like I was really reacting to it. it was crazy. And so for me, the way that it manifested was a lot of pain in different areas of my body. Um, I didn't puke at all the first two sessions. And the third session was actually absolutely crazy because so my curandera is a friend of mine, Paulina, and she's she's a beautiful singer and she holds the space so beautifully. And she kept saying in the very beginning, sometimes people faint because their body realizes you have such a resistance to letting go that they're basically, OK, we need to click the switch. She needs to like she needs wow. to stop thinking about this. And this is exactly what happened to me. Um, I have like my my remembrance of this is completely muddled up like I had a completely different timeline at how it actually was which I realized afterwards when talking to Paulina but so the way that it happened was that she noticed that I started to f look a bit weird and what I noticed next was a hand on my neck a hand on my forehead and her voice directly next to my ear and she sang me back into consciousness she like drew me back in and then the next thing I knew was that I was puking my guts out and everything came out. And like I know this sounds disgusting, but I'm just going to say it. My puke was neon yellow. I don't know what I puked out that day, <laughs> but it was a lot of stuff coming out there. A lot of emotions, a lot of stuck up things that I really didn't want to let go. And that was... It, it just but as I said like this is why I always keep saying why did I do this like why why did I go through this because everything that I just explained to you guys sounds ridiculous it sounds mm -hmm. like I don't mess kiss like, and pay why would I do this but it is it is amazing what it does like to you you have so much clarity afterwards like you feel so light and you feel like you really released a lot of things and and that's the thing as well like the weeks afterwards and this is also why you should have at least a week or two weeks in between but not more is that your body is working on things afterwards as well like you notice that there is things coming up you're remembering different things that you might have pushed away like emotional stuff that you didn't didn't want to think about for years you know and they just suddenly come up and you realize how they're connected to your intention and why you started going to the cambo mm -hmm. sessions and so there's a lot of things shifting and happening and it's it's really it's a really intense intense 
20 minutes. I never thought that 20 minutes could be so intense, but um, wow. it was... It, and you know, the thing is when you're done, like you feel so proud that you put your body through such a journey and your mind through such a journey and that your mind is strong enough to do this and that your body is strong enough to do this. Like it was a really, in a weird way, a very liberating experience. And mm -hmm. it is really hard to explain when you haven't tried it like because yeah. as i said it sounds it sounds gruesome it sounds like yeah. why like you're puking your guts out and you're paying someone to sing you through that like why would you do that <laughs> like singing to you <laughs> it's like what weird world are you living yeah. in but it is worth it in a weird way it really is worth it yeah. because there's things happening and actually the interesting thing is they're actually looking into cambo now on a medical scale like there's research now about cambo and how microdosing cambo can actually help with a lot of like actually i think I'm, I'm i haven't looked into it so i need to do that because i find it super interesting but i know that the charite which is like a um it's like a school and hospital in berlin it's like a medical school and they have their own hospital and they're very famous um for like their medical research as well and they are looking into how to use cambo as a medicine because mm -hmm. they started realizing that it has a lot of like physical benefits to the body um mm -hmm. And I think they also looked into it for mental illnesses and stuff, but mm -hmm. don't quote me on that one. I need yeah. to read up on it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super interesting. Yeah. I love that. I just love that like Western science is starting to look more at plant medicines and how they can support us because mm -hmm. like my experience with plant medicines is pretty traditional, you know, um, mostly mushrooms, cannabis, mm -hmm. DMT mm -hmm. and it's like the earth gave this to us to help us understand more about our experience and who we are and and I'm as I'm listening to you it's like I haven't used anything like that in so long and I'm so far along in my healing journey and I and as I'm listening to you I'm like wow like that would be actually really cool to go into an experience and really clear some of this shit out because there is stuff that I am like, like I was telling one of my, it wasn't you. It was one of my students yesterday. Like I have been working on my six year old inner child for like fucking years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like, when is she going to be healed and released so I can move on to all the other young Janes that need to be taken care of. And, and I think sometimes it does get a little bit exhausting to be doing this work just yeah. on ourselves soberly that I'm like, wow, the, the more I'm hearing you talk about this, the more I'm like, wow, I hope that I can have one of these experiences these days to allow like the medicine of the earth to help me clear some of this stuff. Yeah. That's just beautiful. Yeah. And so have you done more ceremonies or did you kind of do those three rounds and... I did those three rounds because then that was just the summer before I came to Vikasa to, to Thailand. And mm -hmm. then it was a very intense experience. And after those three rounds, I kind of felt like this is enough for now. I need things mm -hmm. to settle down. Yeah. Um, I have been called kind of like, I can, I can feel that 
I want to go back into it at some point again. Mm-hmm. Um, because actually that's another thing that my, my curandera said. She was like, you know, it could also help with your skin stuff because I'm, I've been struggling with um, eczema since I was like one year old or so. And she mm-hmm. said, you know, a lot of eczema has also is stress related and is emotional related. It has quite often um, has to do with some events that had happened during the time that you that it started flaring up that really stressed you out. So mm-hmm. she was like, it could also help you there. And but when I actually went into the sessions, that was not my focus at all. Like my focus was so somewhere else. So I feel like mm-hmm. maybe to go back, you know, and like. Mm-hmm. And one day start exploring this again, but I'm not like I've in, in, in Copenhagen, I haven't met people yet that do something like this, because I think this is also something very specific. My, my curandera does it because her husband is a traditional Peruvian curandero. So Mm -hmm. she's learned from him to hold Mm -hmm. these ceremonies. So that's why I know I can trust her because she's Mm -hmm. the best, you know, like there's, no other way to say it and she goes to Peru every year and she's connected to this land in such a beautiful way so but I haven't really found anyone here yet Mm -hmm. who does it and I would I probably would do it with her again but because I don't live in the area that she does anymore it is hard to make that work because as I said you have circles of at least three weeks maybe six weeks so you have Mm -hmm. to be in the place for a long time Um, so if it aligns again I would love to do it again um but yeah um i've done rapé as well with that same actually same uh, the, oh, the first really? time i did yeah the se- first time i did rapé was actually at the um at the combo sessions because quite often they mm-hmm. they um ask you if you want to combine it because rapé is quite often used to ground you before a ceremony um okay. to set your intentions because so Rapé is a tobacco that you sniff through your nose and it, it normally gets offered to you by a curandero through a pipe. So the pipe basically has the, the rapé at one side and then the curandero does a, a prayer for you. I'm holding the pipe to your forehead and your heart space and setting an, a prayer for you and then they blow it into your nose basically through the pipe. First the left side, then the right side. And... It clears your head so great. Like it it's immediately sets in. For me, rapé is super grounding. Um, it really prepares me for anything I want to do afterwards. I'm not doing it regularly. I, I have a rapé pipe for myself, so I can do it myself, um, which kind of looks like a V with one side a bit longer. So one end you put in your mouth and the other in your nose, and then you blow it up yourself, basically. Um mm-hmm. And I sometimes do it when I have like a very specific, very deep intention and prayer when I need to prepare for something or something is really unclear. And then I do it before a cacao ceremony. I do the rapé, set my intention, do the cacao ceremony and then spend hours journaling or ecstatic dancing or whatever to like release things, to let go of stuff, to make things clearer. Um, but in the end, it is tobacco, so I'm very careful mm-hmm. with it because mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of smoking. I'm not a fan of like anything that makes you addicted. So mm-hmm. I'm using it as a very specific prayer setting and trying to like, I, for example, I haven't done 
repay in like three or four months now and mm -hmm. there was a time over winter last last year where I did a ceremony almost every month because I really felt called to do it and now I haven't done it in months but rape is also very beautiful because it's also a plant also South America again um, and yet it's often used as a medicine before embarking on another plant medicine experience because mm. it really opens you up grounds you um allows you to sink a little bit more in your heart space and really listen to what is my intention today mm -hmm. um i love meditating on rape because you're so focused as well it's like mm. it's intense like you can really kind of see yourself from the outside and it's it's a really beautiful it's a really really beautiful feeling um and depending on how rapé is produced as well. Quite often rapé is made by curanderos on their ayahuasca journey. So the rapé that I'm using right now was made by a female curandera, which is actually quite quite rare that you have curanderas who, who work with ayahuasca that are female. Um, and she, her intention was to really work with plants and, and with intentions that are connected to the moon, to the female energy. Um, so that one is very like, like mm -hmm. a very feminine, feminine rapé. And um, it's, I love working with it. It's really nice. That is so great. Like I, I remember you were telling me about it and I was just like, you're snorting tobacco. Like what's going on with you, Monica? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I just had no clue what you were talking about. And, it's funny because it brings me back to that apothecary where they sell the cacao. They sell ceremonial cacao there. That's where I had the ceremony. And my friend, um, she came to visit me in a, in a meditation class and she was like, oh, I buy my hape here. And I was like, you buy what? And she was like, do you, do you know what that is? Like, it's like this tobacco. And she started telling me about it. And I was like, I think my friend Malika was telling me about it. Like, there is so much I don't know about that's mm -hmm. just where I teach just for sale right there available to anybody and that's what's crazy to me I'm like yeah. anyone can just go in and like buy this stuff and mm -hmm. use it and in my last um podcast episode I kind of um started ranting a little bit about how like I I think plant medicine is so special and I love it so much but I feel like I kind of lost the um what's the word I'm looking for how did I say it I got to a point in college where I feel like I stopped respecting plant medicine mm -hmm. and was like just using it to like, like there was a night I had this big going away party. This was like such a traumatic event. I had this big going away party because I was moving away from Oregon back to Utah. Mm -hmm. It was this huge party and I had been like drinking and smoking and doing all the things. And I just got this idea like, hey, I got this bag of mushrooms. Oh no. Let's brew this up. And I oh, brewed no. this like giant batch. And everyone came into the kitchen, was just taking like mugs full. <sighs> Oof. And before I knew it, I was like on the floor of the backyard, like having a complete meltdown. And it was horrible. Oh god. And I didn't learn very quickly from that experience. I continued to um, use plant medicine specifically mushrooms and cannabis to just like get me away from what I didn't want to experience. Mm -hmm. And it was like, the first time I did mushrooms was like I, the most healing experience of my life. And, and many times after that, and then it was like, my body got so used to it that it was almost like it wanted it. And mm -hmm. then it was like, 
I wasn't having good experiences Mm -hmm. and I just, I just had to get to this point of like, okay, I need to like, let my body be normal. Mm -hmm. And something I love about all of these, even just drugs in general, they show us what our body can do. Mm -hmm. And then we get to have that experience. And then we can be like, thank you for that experience. I have been shown something new about myself. And I just am wondering if you can speak on like, respecting plant medicines. And Mm -hmm. because it sounds like you are so like, traditional and ceremonial and and we need more of that you know yeah i think for me these ceremonies are a super important part of using the the medicine um i think for me it's more well definitely the respect for the tradition of where it comes from Mm -hmm. um the respect to the land where it comes from the respect Mm -hmm. to nature in general you know Uh, nature allows us to dive deeper into our own consciousness why wouldn't we be thankful for that why wouldn't we create a a ceremony for that that's kind of the thinking that i have um but it's also so healing for myself to do it in a safe space where i can create a ritual of honoring my time as well like i'm i'm consciously setting time apart like a couple hours to dedicate to myself to dedicate to my own growth to my mm-hmm. own spiritual experience and that's also a big part of it and I have used cacao as well before making a cup and like having a cacao shot because I was super tired and I didn't want to drink a coffee and I didn't make a big deal out of it and I didn't have a ceremony um, out of it. And I've seen people use cacao for cacao shots at um, sober parties. There's actually a a sober party organization in Berlin or used to be, I don't know if they still exist. And they had cacao, like a company coming in with their cacao that they also get traditionally from South America and create shots and then people would drink cacao shots instead of alcohol and party throughout the whole night you know because they were like pushed up and happy and and and, uh it was a much nicer way of spending your evening and you didn't have a you normally shouldn't have a hangover you can actually Mm -hmm. get so high from cacao that you have a hangover the next day and cacao is very dehydrating so that's another Mm -hmm. thing Um, But so I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily against using plant medicine without having a massive ceremony around Mm -hmm. it. I think if you call to make yourself a cup of cacao because you have a massive deadline coming up at work or at uni and you need a pusher and you don't feel like drinking coffee, go ahead, do it if that's what you Mm -hmm. feel like. Mm -hmm. But I think even then, at least taking the time to thank the cacao for being here and thank yourself mm-hmm. for taking the time to know what is good for you right now and maybe setting a little intention. Even if that intention is, my intention is to be grounded for the next four hours, concentrate on my work and mm-hmm. writing an amazing essay. You know, even if that is your intention, go ahead. Yeah. But I just, I think when it comes to using these medicines mindlessly of like really, I love that. I love that you're playing Sorry, with your dog. Like entertaining Milo while we're talking. <laughs> That's totally fine. Oh, you got the squeak. <laughs> um, I think when it comes to mindlessly using these, these plant medicines, I think then that's when it gets um, a bit dangerous because 
you don't only use the res- you lose the respect of where it comes from, but you also lose the respect of yourself mm-hmm. yeah. because you're putting your body under a certain level of stress when you go through these kind of things, right? Mm-hmm. Because you do emotional work normally with these kind of plant medicines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you just take that aspect out completely, it doesn't mean that it shuts these things out. Like these things are still happening inside of you, but you don't give them room. You don't give them mm-hmm. space. Oh, yeah. So I think that that's a big part of why I would definitely advise to do it in a, in a more of a ritual um, space. And if you're not super into spirituality, your ritual can literally be pouring yourself a bath and a, you know and making a cup of tea and then having your cacao um, before you go mm-hmm. to the bath and taking an, a half an hour hour long bath and reading your favorite book and just allowing yourself uh-huh. to have some space for yourself you know if that's a ritual that you like that. go ahead you know yeah. but just allowing yourself to to take the time to let whatever comes out come out because a lot of people actually especially with cacao have a lot of very intense emotional responses like i've had mm-hmm. a friend who five minutes after drinking cacao started crying her eyes out for the next half hour and she just had to let it all out you know so giving that that Mm -hmm. stuff to come out giving it Mm -hmm. space I think is super important I love that yeah and I love how you just bring up intentionality it's like is that just like the key to living you know I think of before you have a meal one of my students the other day was like how do you bless your food and I was like I'm not here to like teach you how to do that that's like you before you have the meal just like what you said you i like to think like okay all of the like the earth the the animals the insects even the farmers maybe the people who suffered to bring me this meal Mm -hmm. i like to honor them thank them set the intention that i'm going to eat to nourish myself and like bless the food with like high vibes or whatever it's it's nothing like that crazy it's really just setting an intention before you consume anything mm-hmm. and I love that that that's really it, it it can really be that simple yeah oh my gosh what a fun conversation I'm curious if all of my after my last episode I was talking about how kind of like being sober curious you know and mm-hmm. as we as we embark on this journey and devotion a lot of us are choosing to live more sober lives or or whatever that means to us and I got a lot of responses of like, I want to hear more about like your so- like sober curiosity and like all of that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, now I've got an episode for you all about plant medicine. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wanted to ask you something as well before we head off. Um, yeah, of course. The magic mushrooms, because I've never done yes. it and I'm curious with that. And mm-hmm. I was just wondering like, if you, I, I wouldn't do it alone. I would do it with my partner. But then mm-hmm. would you... I just remember a conversation actually that I had with my dad when I was younger and he was like if you ever want to try any drugs and stuff like be sure that you do it in a safe environment and that like mm-hmm. someone is there to like to to that is sober that is actually mm-hmm. there to like you know guide you through as well and I was just wondering like how was your first like magic mushroom experience like did you do it with someone who was sober or did you do it on your own did you do it with like you know, like, how was yeah. that? How, do you think it's important to have someone there that holds the space for you that that isn't, mm-hmm. like, influenced by the Yeah, mushroom? like, what's the most optimal way to yeah. experience it? Um, so I actually... That's such a great question. My first time, I was in Oregon with two of my best guy friends. 
And it was really cool because we walked onto the bridge that lets you leave campus that's on top of the Willamette River. We sat on the bridge. We all ate like an eighth of mushrooms. So we only ate a little bit. Um, and then we walked across the bridge all the way into this like huge park that's mm -hmm. just like you can wander on this path in this park all day long. Wow. And so okay. it was kind of cool because by the time we got into the park, we, we sat down on this bench and we were looking at this field and we were kind of looking at each other like, oh, things are getting wavy, you know, like the grassy fields started kind of getting that wave to it. And we we're all looking at each other like, here we go. And we we're all having that experience together. And we had our, our backpacks full of like supplies that could support us. And, and we were just so immersed in nature. It was unlike mm -hmm. anything I've ever experienced, like just sitting and staring at a tree for hours. And, and, and luckily before we went, so many people told us like, don't go in the river. Don't go in the river. You're going to want to go in the river. Don't go in the river. You'll mm -hmm. die. And it was so funny because once we got to the beach of the river, we were like, I want to go in. And we were like, no, don't go in. We can't, They told us we can't go in the river. Okay, we won't go in the river. But we like laid on the edge and we were like watching the water. And mm. I had the most amazing experience of watching the earth open. I watched the earth open and mm -hmm. these crazy like psychedelic flower mandalas started growing up out wow. of the earth. And I was so lost in that. And then all of a sudden my friend's like, Jane, look at my hand. And then it like took me right out of it. And then we were all like staring at the wrinkles in the palm of his hand. And who knows how long we were gone for. But I remember getting back to the dorms and seeing sober people like frightened me. And so okay. I like, I felt like they like were looking at me and like they didn't understand what I was experiencing and they, you know, they weren't in the place that I was and I felt weird around them. And I like wanted to like, I was like, ah, don't talk to me, like go away. And it was like a weird return. And I just wanted to go back. I went up back to the boys upstairs mm -hmm. and like stayed with them. And I don't think I've ever been in an experience like that where there's someone there that is sober but I have definitely been with my friends when I'm sober and they're like on something and I'm like kind of guiding them, taking care of them. Um, so I think like we were in such a contained situation, like being on campus by the river, everyone in our dorm knew that, that we were off tripping mushrooms and they would come find us if we never came back. Um, and I also think that like being somewhere where you can just relax into nature is really nice if you're yeah. inside you might start to feel really stuck and like agitated and frustrated um and you can even take like just a little tiny amount and like go on a walk mm -hmm. and i i remember that the, the the thing that sticks out to me the most is we were sitting by this lake there was this beautiful blue heron just sitting there it like you start to think that nature is like showing up for you. Like there, this this bird just stopped here in front of us for us to show it how to show us how beautiful yeah. it is. And then I like opened my backpack and I remembered I packed a pear, and I'm like eating this pear like I've never eaten a piece of fruit before. And in Oregon, at the university, there's a lot of people who run. There's a ton of runners there. And every time someone would run by on the path, I'd be like, you're missing everything. Stop running. Like you're running past all of the beauty and you're not seeing it. Like I was so frustrated by people uh. who were running through the park 
and like not stopping to look at like the trees are waving at you and you don't even notice. <laughs> so wow. that experience changed me on a yeah. fundamental level. Yeah. And I realized that I was trying to chase and recreate that experience. And that's something that I teach a lot as a meditation teacher is like, whether you're meditating or you're on acid or you have a great experience at a music festival or whatever, stop trying to chase recreating that experience yeah. and take each experience yeah. for what it is. Um, so yeah, make like a tiny little mushroom tea and have it with yeah. your partner and go for a walk somewhere beautiful. Yeah. I'll see. Yeah. I've, I'm, I think I'm not 100% there yet. I want to take my time with this because yeah, yeah. as I said, like I'm not good with like, losing control and these kind of things and I'm like always very cautious and really taking my time like the Kembo for example like my friend told me about it and then it took me a year to tell her okay I'm gonna try it you know oh, because wow, I really I took the time to like mm -hmm. think is this really what I want to do right now mm -hmm. and um I just I love what you just said and I think this is really important this was actually a point that I wanted to make earlier but then it didn't really fit in is this this few like this this need to recreate The situations I think this is what makes people go back for example also with rape a lot of people keep taking it especially when they first experienced it with ayahuasca mm -hmm. because they want to recreate this feeling of what they had with ayahuasca and then mm -hmm. they then they start this obsession about having rape every day and like I've actually met someone like that who was like started to just have rape every single day and I started mm -hmm. to get really worried because I was like you're sniffing tobacco up your nose and it can be very like as a ritual and he's still like he he made his prayers with it and he really did it in a ritual setting but still like he started his day with sniffing rapé up his mm -hmm. nose you know and I'm very happy I know he doesn't do it regularly now anymore and I'm really happy he kind of stepped away from that but he started that just after the ayahuasca experience because he mm -hmm. wanted to recreate mm -hmm. this feeling of what he had with ayahuasca and i think that there's definitely a certain danger there so i think that like if you're prone to being like fairly quickly addicted to these kind of things like mm -hmm. really think about what you want to do and what you want mm -hmm. to step into and this is also why again cacao is a beautiful way to work with a plant medicine that doesn't get you high normally because as I said earlier I was high the first time because no one guided me at how much I can drink mm -hmm. now I know how much I can drink I'm not high out of my mind I don't feel like I am going to be high like I am on weed or whatever it is yeah. it's a yeah. very nice experience and it's nothing dangerous you know you can mm -hmm. still do mm -hmm. emotional work um, with it so yeah yes I love that. And I think that I guess it's just like such a good conversation to have because so many people are so curious about plant medicines. They ask, I get the questions all the time. And I'm just like, it's just not something I guide. Like, it's just not my work here. And so I don't have a ton to say, but I think you've spoken so beautifully on like, I waited a year before I decided to do Cambo. Like, I really like, I'm thinking about doing this next and I'm really going to meditate on it. And And, and and listen to that. And and I think that if there's anything like my psychedelic experience taught me, it's that I actually have a very resilient mind space and I really can handle just about anything. Mm -hmm. And once I got to that realization, I was like, let's stop pushing it and just be like, we're resilient and that's great. And um, and for people like you who I know, I know you'd have a beautiful experience and there might be some fear there. Like, 
you're you're so resilient and clear-minded that you'll be able to guide yourself through it so mm. beautifully let's hope for the best thing <laughs> yes, yes ow yeah. milo dude okay well Fighting you. yeah you just bit me a monster oh my gosh this has been so much fun we just went on such a journey i just learned so much from you it has oh been gosh. a journey it's been beautiful beautiful thank you so much yeah. for inviting me on this podcast yes. thank you for coming and we didn't even mention that i was originally on your podcast travel bug so yes. i will link that in the show notes if anyone yes. wants to go check it out and for people who want to come do cacao with you and you know learn more about your journey how can they find you uh, they can find me on Instagram. So um, Malika Lucy Malu. So maybe you can link that on the podcast as well if you want to. Um, yeah, you can definitely, if you have any more questions, just write me a DM as well if you feel like it. Um, there is some more cacao stuff coming your way, like on my Instagram page. I've been thinking a lot about different things that I want to offer. Um, it's just taking a bit time to kind of really make it, you know, make it... Uh, beautiful and and i feel aligned with it but there will yeah. be definitely at some point hopefully end of this year latest will be a nice workbook on how to work with cacao as well Ooh, um that. that that so that people once they have started going a little bit on the journey have a little bit of guidance on how they can create their own ceremonies and get a little bit of guidance through that even if they um yeah want to do it on them by themselves and then hopefully soon i will have the the space and the time to also offer some more online cacao ceremonies yes. because I really want to get back into that as well. Because, um, yeah, as I said earlier, I really love that a lot. Yes. And if you offer a ceremony for devotion, I would love to open it up to anyone who wants to join, you know? That would be lovely. Yeah. That would be really nice. Gosh. Well, this has been so much fun, Malika. Yeah. I love yeah. you and I miss you. Too, but I'm so happy that we get to see each other so often at the moment. I know. So I'm like, we've chatted so much this week. It's yeah. been so great. I thank God for the internet and technology. <laughs> yes, I agree. <sighs> well, my love, have a beautiful evening. Thank you. You have a beautiful day ahead. I will, and I will chat with you soon. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and thank you for having me. Yay.